When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. PHNX Cardinals podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to download the app today using the code PHNX for a sign-up bonus. You're going to get 200 bucks free bet after placing a $1 bet on any NFL game this weekend. I'm Cherson Sussell alongside my guys, Johnny Venerable, Frank Sanders. Yes, that Frank Sanders, former Cardinals wide receiver. So happy to have you guys with me. This is our fantastic team that we're debuting today for the Cardinals and uh, since it is our first show we want to tell you a little bit some a little bit about ourselves so Johnny why don't you go first tell us a little about your background yeah super fortunate to be here super excited to do this with the two of you Johnny Venerable here covering the Arizona Cardinals on the Cardinal beat been fortunate to cover the Cardinals for the better part of six years both in media written form podcast going to be doing all that and more here on go phnx.com check it out we got so much fun stuff Packed in for this year. And Frank, you're not just a former athlete. You have a lot of media experience as well. I have a little bit in my lifetime. Um, Frank Sanders, uh, Auburn University, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 95. Second round pick. Uh, had to come here and go to work. Immediately, <laughs> Buddy Ryan had got rid of all three of his starting receivers, and he put me to work immediately. Um, it was, it's been pretty exciting to be, to be still here in the Valley and having the opportunity to watch the Arizona Cardinals grow um, from Daddy Bidwill to now Mike running the team and watching what we've been able to produce. And looking forward to this year, looking forward to this new team I have right here. And you guys are going to teach me. I'm the rook in this particular <laughs> area right now. And guess what? I'm going to sit back, soak up, and we're going to hit home runs and score touchdowns as this season goes on. All right. I like it. All right. I'll go last again. Cheers and Susel. Uh, I have the last eight years have spent in uh, traditional local sports media. Uh, last worked for Channel 12 here in Phoenix, um, covering every sport here in the Valley and including the Cardinals. So happy to be here, happy to be on a different platform. Uh, hopefully we can joke around, have some fun. There'll be some of that, That's sure. That's the goal, yeah. right, guys? Absolutely. <laughs> knock, knock. No. All right, it's too early. Too, okay. too early, my bad. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get to some Cardinals talk. Uh, the tone for the season here, we're in week one, just a couple of days away from the season opener yes. against the Titans. going to be a good one. Um, but there's some guys kind of on a hot seat. Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray needs to take a big step. What are we feeling uh, is kind of the tone for the year? I mean, 
I'm well to looking at this team right now. If you had to go two years ago and then come back to this time, you had an opportunity to drop a game plan. And Michael and Steve sat down and they got rid of a coach they brought in for one year. They drafted Drew uh, Rosen for one year. They brought they drafted a first round draft pick and a quarterback. They thought he was going to be the star. They watched. They they took the whiteboard and washed it all over and started all over with with some new with some new people in the locker room. So right now, I think this is the time where you start seeing that payoff and hoping that Cliff Cliff is on the hot seat because the last two years wasn't special. Kyler, being a rookie quarterback, had a pretty pretty good first year. Then the second year struggles. Now he's in that third year. This is what we would consider the unrest well the restricted free agency process as un, under contract wise right now. And he, of course he has a fourth year fourth year option. But also defensively, I mean, he just has to make some decisions. We, they went out and beefed it up the defense and brought some players in. And just looking at where we are right now as a team, we everyone has to answer the bell, and it's called right now. It's being it's being ring it's being rang right now. Yeah, I think the the theme in camp this year uh, and in the preseason was we've got all the pieces. Steve Kime has made some questionable moves in the past, but. He added all the right pieces, especially offensively, which, you know, all eyes are going to be on the offense, um, to where they should very well be a playoff team this year. Yeah, absolutely. They were six overall in total offense last year, 13th in total defense. On paper, both of those units should be firmly in the top 10 this year. But back to Frank's original point, this is the maturation process when you bring in Kyler Murray, when you hire Cliff Kingsbury, year three should be that quintessential pop year. And if you didn't know how the season ended last year and somebody just showed you the record of, oh, hey, they had the first pick in the draft and they hired this college coach, but he was competitive. They went 5-10-1. And, and then the next year they built on that, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. A lot of people said, hey, Cliff Kingsbury's doing a great job. But you watch how this team finished and, and for lack of a better term, wet the bed down the stretch last year after starting 6-3. and three, and that's why there's heat on this team. And I think it coincides also with how brutal the division is, the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is very much the black sheep along with three coaches in the NFC West that have all been to Super Bowls relatively recent. And I don't think Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is on any kind of hot seat. I think that if things go awry this year, he's going to be around long term. I think it's more so the person that's picking the players, that's Steve Keim, and then, of course, Cliff Kingsbury, who you know I love, and I think that he's going to have a nice season. But again, didn't win at Texas Tech. Was let go by his alma mater. Criticized higher when they made it. You know, back in December of 2018. So, again, a lot of options on the table. I do think that this team ceiling is 11 or 12 wins, but I think their floor is around six or seven. So Kyler said that he's not feeling any pressure to perform. I don't think he's on a hot seat in terms of like, hey, they're going to go looking for another quarterback next no. year if they don't make the playoffs or if he doesn't perform to expectations. But I do think he has something to prove this year for sure. And on Cliff Kingsbury, on the other hand, uh, you know, he said once you get fired from your alma mater, uh, nothing really phases you after that. That's so. why we love Cliff because he can be <laughs> candid about that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think we all agree that uh, there are some bigger expectations for the 2021 season. Uh, Storylines heading into uh, their their season opener last week. The news came out about Malcolm Butler retiring. Uh, we finally heard from Vance Joseph and got his take on the whole situation. Uh, he said that it was even a, a big surprise for him 
that he felt like Malcolm was a big part of what they were doing defensively. Yep. Uh, there were some rumors kind of that it, it, it had something to do with the way that he was performing. He just didn't have it anymore. And that came, that went into the decision of him to walk away. Um, now Vance Joseph doesn't necessarily want to air that if that was true, all of that out. But he said, no, he was performing fine. It was a personal issue. Personal matters mm-hmm. are more important than a game of football. Uh, and said he, he kind of left the door open for, I don't know, maybe he might come out of retirement. He didn't shut it down. I don't think that's going to happen. But that's what Vance Joseph said today. You know, when you watch guys get to a certain stage in the game of football, they, they, they have to ask a couple of questions. And when you've reach certain levels of pinnacles that he's done with winning a Super Bowl. He's gotten some large, large checks. He's been considered and touted as one of the best cornerbacks or shut down cornerbacks in the NFL. So he has a good recognition and his name is good. At the end of the day, you want your name to be good, right? So when you get ready to walk off, we always want this moment. We say, well, good. Hey, you might want to just shut it down because you don't want to look bad and turn around and give up 14 to 15 touchdowns as a cornerback or blow your hamstring or knee. All those things are in the table, Jay. So, to me, I think you have to start looking at your family situation. You have to look at your financial situation and then your want situation. And if you don't want it, if, you, if your body starts telling you some crazy stuff, you don't want to work out, you don't want to train, you want to get up in the morning, you want that 5 o'clock, you don't want to eat eggs, raw eggs like Rocky, you don't want that moment, so then you have to start making decisions. You do that? Never. <laughs> I want my eggs cooked and scrambled, please, hard. Thank you very much before I ever <laughs> – I'm sorry. That's – can't do it. That's Jay. what I was thinking when you said I it. I just had to it, confirm. Jay. But I think that that's the process, and I think many players go through that during that time. And camp is a is a is a honestly for a lot of older players a deterrent because guys don't want that. They don't want to be in training camp. They want to get in the game. And sometimes when you don't have, you have to go through the process, and guys have to make that decision. So I hope that he does have an opportunity, and they, and they have left the door open. Maybe you might have something on that. We, you know. Yeah, you know, I think they, they are open to him returning. I think that that's why they're not making any rash decisions. They haven't made any comments that would deter him from coming back. He's been not relatively quiet. He hasn't made a statement one way or the other. And I also think, you know, from a Cardinal fan perspective, you let Patrick Peterson leave in free agency. He signs a modest deal, a one-year contract that almost mirrors what Malcolm got. He got that from Minnesota. And so now you're sitting here three days before the opener. You don't have your default number one corner that you signed in free agency. And Malcolm hasn't spoken. You're going to start a, by all accounts, rookie fourth-round pick against the best receiving duo in football. That's a frustrating place to be, especially because, you know, Malcolm came to the desert, had a good press conference, was acclimated with his peers and his coaches over the course of the summer, had a solid training camp, and it's not like he's playing quarterback, and if he did get beat out by somebody, you need like three or four capable corners at this level, minimum. And Vance Joseph likes to play veterans. I think Malcolm's physical style of play would have complemented this defense well. Love Patrick Peterson, in my opinion, future Hall of Famer. He's more of a finesse corner at this stage, where Malcolm Butler led the NFL with tackles from a cornerback. To me, I, I do think there's some underlying issues, the fact that he deleted all Cardinal paraphernalia from his social media account. I was going to say, you said he didn't make a statement. Okay, maybe he that, didn't make a statement, a, but he kind of did. Yeah, he made a statement without making a statement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that to me is kind of like the biggest, like, why, but why would you do that? And he also seemed like he still had that dog in him. I mean, listen, we can all fake until you make it type of deal. Yeah. I, you can you can talk to reporters and media a certain way, but he seemed – and. Coming to a team like Arizona, where there's so much excitement, and this year is going to be a really exciting year for them. You got a guy like JJ Watt in your unit on defense, and uh, just 
if you don't have you know the focus and the, that doesn't want make you want to wake up and eat raw eggs yeah. <laughs> then uh i don't know what's going to I, I think that every cornerback needs a good defensive line and i'm pretty sure if pat knowing that they was going to get jj and had jj and want to stay it would have helped him tremendously in his cover and i think that every every cornerback needs a good d line and when you have your d line in and they have a very good defensive line it makes your job that much easier you're not running around trying to cover receivers for four or five seconds. You're actually having to, you have an actual flow of the game. You can actually get in your back pedal, transition like you normally transition in practice. So it would have been a good situation. And I'm, I'm a, let me do this right here. I'm just going to say, I hope that he is here. I hope that something happens where he feels like he can come Absolutely. back. I hope that he does say, you know what, man, I, I, I apologize. For what I, I just had a moment. I had my moment. I needed a mental health moment. Yep. And this is right now a, a high topic right now for a lot of people and a lot of sports athletes. So maybe he could say that because he hasn't done anything thus far since on social media. He hasn't criticized or cursed or haven't come out and said anything. So I would like to see that. That's a great point that you made, Frank. And I think in comparison to when the team was struggling and Patrick Peterson demanded a trade. And I think that if he is dealing with some personal situations clearly and he wanted to step away – for the most part, he's done it in a respectful manner outside of deleting all of his Cardinal stuff. And if he comes back, he's going to have to answer to that. But I, I do think to your point about the pass rush, the Cardinals have been top 10 in pass rush the last two years under Vance Joseph, and this has the chance. It will be their best unit. It's probably their most complete unit on the team. The return of Chandler Jones, obviously the addition of J.J. Watt. Once Jordan Phillips is, knock on wood, eventually ever healthy, this team should be top five in the league in sacks. And, and Malcolm Butler is an opportunistic corner that I think would have suited well in the secondary, and maybe he does come back. I think Devon Kennard might have been the guy who said it, but with or without Mal Malcolm Butler, the train must go on. So uh, on Sunday, uh, you mentioned it, up against A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, uh, a likely guy to be on the outside guarding one of them is Marco Wilson. He's a rookie. Uh, as a former receiver, how much would you be looking forward to uh, going up against uh, a rookie fourth rounder? I'm just going to sit here and smile. I mean, <laughs> I, I just smile. Honestly, I think that uh, I would be smiling, and I'd be happy about it. And um, I would study my tape to see what, he, what his weaknesses are, and then I would have to pay in the game, I would have to pay attention to how they're trying to protect him. And I think those are things that, as a rookie cornerback, you get a chance to see. Um, from a receiver's perspective, you get a chance to see. But as a rookie cornerback, you get to see how well the coach and the defensive coordinator is trying to protect you so you can be at your best. This is, a, this is the first week. I mean, he's, he's had a good opportunity in practice to go against some of the best two receivers in A.J. Christian as well as, as well D-Hop. So he, had, he has a chance to kind of get some really great work in and see what it's like to play at that elite level. So – um, hopefully he's taken training camp and all the work he's put in with the elite guys that we have on our, on our side, and he's able to make that transition, and it, and it, and it will allow him, to, to allow him to be able to be at his best and trust that the defensive line has his back, trust that the coach is putting him in the best position, and trust that if he make a mistake, guess what? It's just one mistake. I can, still, I can overcome that. It's the next play. It's the next play. And the only person that can determine – when our patience run, runs out on the next play, is the scoreboard. You can make an argument that cornerback has superseded quarterback as the most difficult position to play as a rookie, in my opinion. And now you look at an individual that was taken on day three, and listen, he threw a shoe 
at Florida, and that's why he fell in the draft. He was a top 50 prospect, maybe a little bit undercoached, underutilized at the University of Florida. He has all the abilities, and the Cardinals made a priority and give Steve Keim credit to trade up and, and get this guy. And I think the, the plan was, over the course of the season, slowly acclimate him into the secondary. Give him credit. He came into camp and surprised everybody. He's been staying late. I know this for a fact. He and six-rounder Tay Gowan every day working with DB coach Marcus Robertson. So that's exactly what you want to see with, with somebody who, quote-unquote, had character concerns coming out of the SEC. What I will say is I hope that he is given grace to make mistakes, like you mentioned, Frank, that Isaiah Simmons was not allowed to make last year. And I think just by default, they have to have corners available, whereas Simmons last year, they could just bench him behind Devon, Devondre Campbell, which was a mistake, clearly. I think a lot of people would admit that. And they've remedied it this year, and they're making a priority to start Xavier Collins as well. But Marco Wilson needs to be allowed to grow into the secondary so that when your when your September and Octobers are done and it's November football, he has a, a role that's acclimated and he feels good about it instead of being benched four or five times. Cardinals hoping they're going to be able to capitalize on a thrown shoe for <laughs> many years to come. Hey, look, we are owed that. <laughs> We're, we're not – the Cardinals are not a team – if you look at their history, we're not a team that has um, problems with going to get guys that have had problems because they understand if you bring leader, if you bring – if you have good leadership and you bring younger guys in that can play, then hopefully that leadership will trans transition into making you a top player. And I think that is something where they'll get a chance to see in, what, in, in the kid we brought in. All right, so I mentioned that Vance Joseph spoke to reporters today. Well, he also joked – with sports betting now legal, he wouldn't want to bet on any of the games because he has no idea who's going to win them. Even though he works six days a week on trying to uh, ensure that the Cardinals are going to win, he has no idea whether it's his team or any other team. Um, and uh, I'm kind of with him on that. Uh, either way, though, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is live in Arizona with mobile sports betting, and it's just in time for football. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. If you bet $1 on any football game this weekend, you're going to get $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook giving all new customers, yes, the money, money, $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. I love Vance Joseph. Don't listen to Vance. I host a daily betting show. You do not need to be an expert to gamble. So I love Vance, but <laughs> it's five minutes, Vance, on the app. You'll be fine. All right. Uh, that's because you have the, the app already. You know how easy it is to use, it right? Because you used the code PHNX, and you received your $200 in free bets after placing a dollar bet, Johnny, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> the, the money's already gone, unfortunately. <laughs> All right, bear with me here. I just have to say one more thing. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, max $50 wager, one per customer. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. We'll also take this moment here uh, to tell you tell you a little bit more about PHNX. We're going to make it more fun to be a sports fan in the Valley. There's no better way to do that that than by becoming a member at gophnx.com. You're not only going to get access to all of our written content, but it gives you exclusive member-only deals on our merchandise. We have some awesome t-shirts up on our website already. Uh, fans are loving the Coyotes one. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, got to go check it out over at phnxlocker.com. 
Also going to get access to our members-only Discord. Johnny, you've been hanging on that all day long, um, where you're going to get away from all the hoopla of social media, just talk <laughs> sports with your fellow PHNX members, us. Uh, and then lastly, if you love what we're doing over here, help support us on the journey. Become a member of the fam today. You're either going to get a free T-shirt of your choice from the PHNX locker room or your first month for f- just 50 cents, depending on which option you choose. All right, we're done. Thoughts on the Cardinals nine captains, guys. Uh, offensive side, DJ Humphreys, Rodney Hudson, DeAndre Hopkins. Defensive side, J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, Chandler Jones, Dennis Gardeck, and Jordan Hicks, other than the fact that they named half the team a captain. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're trying to emphasize the point that, hey, we didn't have enough leadership last year. That's why we fell apart. Let's name half the team captains. That'll fix everything. Put everybody in a leadership role, Yeah, and (laughs) there you go. (laughs) You know, it's funny because you always think your captain is supposed to be the guy that is vocal, he's energetic, he's exciting, he's the guy that's going to motivate you when we're down. Or he's going to go out and make a play. And I think some, a lot of those names that they actually made captains were right on point. Yeah. You, need, you need certain guys to be the guys that need to speak. I mean, it's hard in a locker room where you think guys are out there playing for a bunch of money, but it's not. You're actually, you need leadership. You need guys that take control of the game. You need guys that come and put a shoulder around you. And as a player, because this is not a game where it's competition, you're competing against somebody on the other side that has one intent, that's to whoop your butt. And if you're getting your butt whipped, who's going to put their shoulder on you? Who's going to encourage you and yep. see the good side of you? And I think that's pretty special. And I like, I like the guys. I like the names they have. I, I like Dennis Gardeck. I think he is one of them. I love him. I love yep. his energy. I love his passion. I love what he brings to the table. And I think he's, he, goes, he, goes under, he goes underrated. And I think that's uh, – I think he's one of the guys that you're going to fall in love with more and more and more as you watch him, what he brings to the table for the Cardinals. So as I was reading the list, I'm like, okay, you know, Rodney Hudson, even though he's new, I get it. You know, Hop, J.J. Uh, Watt, Buddha, And this one didn't surprise me, but it did, you know, make me pause. I'm like, hmm, Jordan Hicks. Yep. I would like to shake that man's hand and tell him how great of a job he's doing. And I hope Zayvon Collins doesn't take it for granted that he has that type of guy to be a mentor to him his rookie year. The way that he has handled this entire situation of, you know, basically being told on draft day, hey, you're not going to be the starter. doesn't matter what you do. You're not going to be the starter. Um, after he, ha- you know, took a pay cut to stay in Arizona, he did all he could, uh, is still here. Yeah. And it has taken on a huge leadership role. I think if you want to learn how to be a professional in any industry, you can follow the example that he has set. And again, to echo your points, this was somebody that was essentially almost forced out by the organization. And he kept working, showed up to OTAs, didn't demand a trade, just wants to play football. And two years ago, he was one of their better defenders. And for whatever reason last year, and I think it's compounded by the fact that Isaiah Simmons didn't play he didn't have his best season. And so the fan base got on him. Advanced metrics didn't support his play. This year, he looks like he's in much better shape. He's having a tremendous training camp. He's going to be very valuable Sunday in attempting to stop Derrick Henry. I also think that it shows you that they need his leadership in the front seven and crunch time toward the end of this season where they're going to pursue the postseason. And I also think it probably speaks to the fact that if he does play a lot, Isaiah Simmons is going to have a role probably rushing the passer and in the secondary. Yeah, humility, though, uh, mental toughness, uh, all the things we've seen out of Jordan Hicks, and the Cardinals are lucky that he stuck around. Yeah. Can I just say it's weird Larry Fitzgerald's not a captain for the first time in, like, 10 years? That was the one thing that, you know, shed a tear. I know.
know, we've got a, a Larry bobblehead here. I keep looking at it like. But it's funny how this entire week his his name has kind of died down. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of tried to not even. No one's tried to talk about him a lot, even though he is iconic Larry. And I'm thinking to myself, we have not talked about Larry. He's not even in the re- reports or nothing. And I think that's uh, the Cardinals have moved on. Well, he doesn't want to make it about himself. I mean, you know, Larry, that yeah, he, he's, he's quiet. one of the most humble people, doesn't celebrate touchdowns, hands the ball to the official. And that's his, his mantra in life, that he's just trying to take a backseat to what he thinks, I'm sure, is going to be a pretty good team this year. Larry Legend will be missed. It's not going to be the same without him. I hope he takes up the Cardinals uh, on their open-ended offer to, at any point, join the team again. We'll see if that happens. But without him, again, the trade must go on. So who are you guys most excited to see in week one? I'm, not, I'm Coach Joseph. I'm, I want to see our defense. I really do. I want to see our defense. I want to see our scheme on what we bring into the table and how we are, um, how we've advanced. And like you're talking about Jordan Hicks, we got name after name after name. I want to see Isaiah Simmons. What role will he really play? Yep. And everything on the defense right now side to me is, is something I really want to see produce. I want to see them stop teams because I know the division that we're playing in have got, has, has gotten better. I know that there are a lot of talent that's, that will be trying to attack our defenses. And I just want to see – I want to see us stop teams. I want to mm-hmm. see us slap the tight end and beat his butt. I want to see us stop running games. I want to see can we stop Derrick Henry. I want to see this t- this week to me our defense has to show up. J.J. has to show up. Chandler has to show up. There was guys that left. There's guys that came in. There's just so much, you know, that – turning in your stomach when you're losing and you just you don't have any answers to stop an offense. But then our defense, if they can show up and, and really, you know, whoop somebody's butt, I'd be excited about that. I want to see that. I, I echo all of those sentiments, and I will go on the offensive side with a receiving core that's been rebuilt. They've all but subtracted the receiving tight end. They don't really have one. So they're going to go, you would think, with this 10 personnel. I'm not getting too technical. That's just four wide receivers, no tight ends. You're going to have Hopkins, A.J. AJ Green, not A.J. Brown. They have A.J. Brown. (laughs) Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk underneath in the slot. And they have not had their full complement of receivers available for the preseason. So I think that's why, in part, that the offense has struggled. Not completely, but in part, why they just really weren't picking up first downs. They were, they, Keyshawn Johnson, the Andy Isabellas, those guys were out there, and Isabella's on the team, and he'll have a role in some way, shape, or form. But I want to see the top four receivers on this roster maximize the intermediate passing game that was non-existent last year. I love Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, but it's just there was too much backyard football, and it you know it was beautiful against the Buffaloes of the world with the Hale Murray, but the good teams down the stretch, Bill Belichick's defense, you know the Rams, the Niners, they took away the pass game deep with Hopkins, and so there was nobody else that took advantage and separated. Christian Kirk, I love Christian Kirk. Every year I predict he's going to have a 1,000 yards, he's going to have a pop year, disappeared down the stretch. That's why they took another receiver in the second round. That's why they signed A.J. Green, who's had a phenomenal camp. You know, Rondell Moore, how many touches does he get? So that group, to me, has the biggest emphasis on them because this Titans defense, while improved, they got Bud Dupree, a couple nice young linebackers. Their secondary is a work in progress. If you think Arizona is, is going to struggle, they don't have a Buda Baker. So I think there's going to be opportunities if they can pass protect to, to threaten them deep in the passing game. I'm still excited to see Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins go at it, and I want to see how the addition 
addition of AJ Green might open up yeah. some more opportunities for them them to to connect. But I think first and foremost, I don't even know that you mentioned it. I'm I, I want to see the Cardinals defense get after the dang quarterback. I want to see Chandler Jones and JJ Watt uh, get after Ryan Tannehill. And if I was Tannehill, I'd be like looking at this upcoming Absolutely. matchup and being like, ooh. You know what's gonna be sweet about that? I'm glad Tanny got that new money. <laughs> And the reason why I say that is because when you get new money, what happens is they stop you running the ball. You complacent, right? Well, no, 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 no. They they ask more of you. Oh, okay. You're required not to just turn around and hand the ball off 10 and 12 times. And sacrifice 14 that times, right. More. Now you got to start throwing balls more. Now you have to throw about 40, 50 passes. And you got outside entertainment that can make your, make your opportunities look a lot better. So anytime you get more money, Dak got more money this year. We, we know Tanny got more money this year. When the quarterbacks get new money, they have to throw that rock. So when they start throwing that rock, you know what happens? I'm a, I'm a, I'm exactly where you are. I want to see those guys. Now you got to get that pass rush, yep. and that's more attempts. So that that to me, I think, opens up more opportunity for our defensive line to get that. Well, I think an underlined point that really nobody has made yet is yes, they added Julio Jones, who's played with one quarterback in his entire career. So what's that rapport going to look like with another Ryan Ryan Tannehill moving on from Matt Ryan? And I also think that. Tannehill had a great rapport with two guys that are no longer there. John U. Smith, their tight end, left. He went to New England. Corey Davis, the receiver who had a breakout season, went to the Jets. So they've reshaped the receiving core. Tannehill missed a lot of time in the preseason, COVID, close contact. I think there could be some rust there. So again, knock on wood, if the Cardinals somehow are able to contain Derrick Henry and force that passing game, maybe he hasn't had a chance to gel yet, that could be opportunistic for the team. Okay. So to start the season, do we think the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball is going to be the stronger unit? Defense to me. Defense. Yeah, I got. I got to have my defense. The guys got. They got more. They got more experience over there. Um, if at at the end of the day, if you're struggling, your coach says, "What we're going to do? We're going to blitz. We're going to attack. We're going downhill. I'm going to make sure our guys on the outside can play a little zone on the backside." And that, that to me, I think pre- presents a little bit more openness uh, on how these guys can flow. Um, they don't really have to. They don't have to really think too much. They can just go out and play, and you got enough experience where guys just can do their job without having to think too much. On offense, right now, I believe that we have to think. I believe guys have to begin to see because you only got one ball to play with. Defense, you're only chasing one ball, so you got 11 guys going to one ball, and I think that's a potential where our defense can be the strong point of our of of our team, and then it allows our offense to get more on the field. So then we can throw the rock around, and you can see Kyler, and you can see the D Hop show. Look like it's supposed to look. I will double down with Frank and also say the defense, and let me preface it by saying I don't think it's an indictment of the Cardinal offense, but if you look at the two units, how they ended last year, one was trending up and the other was trending down. And I know both have made significant improvements. I think at this point, because it happened so early in the offseason, the J.J. Watt edition went from being overrated to now underrated because he missed part of training camp. They're going to have him on a pitch count. I think he's going to play roughly 70% of the snaps on Sunday. That, to me, if you're able to get 75% of peak J.J. Watt from Houston, their defensive line, that being the Cardinals, for the better part of three years, has been one of the most marginal average groups in the NFL. It just has. They've had great linebackers, great edge rushers, a couple nice pieces in the secondary, obviously Buddha. But I just think that the addition of somebody like Watt, if you're able to get, and this is the comparison I, I like to consistently use, what you got from John Abraham, what you got from Dwight Freeney. When they Mm -hmm. came to Arizona and they put together Pro Bowl seasons, if you can get that from a five technique like J.J. Watt in a defense that's primed and ready, I love the Cardinal offense. I love the addition of Rodney Hudson and A.J. Green. 
but they did not look good in the preseason. And on the flip side, I watched a Cardinal defense shut down Patrick Mahomes. I get it. It was in preseason game. It was on national TV, Monday Night Football. They looked tremendous. They looked ready. And I do think they're going to have a great show on Sunday. I think both sides of the ball have greatly improved. It's almost hard for me to say. But at this point, I kind of look at it in terms of who do I have more faith in? Vance Joseph or Cliff Kingsbury? Now, I know that Sean Kugler now has the title of run game coordinator, and there's some things that have changed. But I think Cliff Kingsbury very much has still a lot to prove, and I have a little more trust in Vance Joseph and what he's able to do than Cliff Kingsbury. Agreed. Look, Cliff does have a lot to prove. He has to prove that this offense works. He has to prove that he can take talent, coach it, mold it, and then also – create a different version of what he thought was going to work from college to the pros. He has to evolve in himself. So in that position, I think he's, he's in a great position because he has the talent and the pieces to do it. He's not trying to make something lemonade with no lemons and talking about something to try this. No, he has all the lemons and he has some sugars and he has some good sugar packets to make this thing work. So I agree with you 100%. Cliff has a lot to prove. He really, 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 really does to me, to the fan base, but more importantly to himself, that he can do it in this NFL. And you said something. There's a lot of coaches in, in our division right now that have gone to the Super Bowl, that have tasted that sweet nectar, and he has not. And he is that little black sheep. So if he doesn't figure out and he doesn't figure out how to go out and attack these other coaches and get better, how to evolve with, with, the, with, the, with how teams are trying to attack his offense – I agree with you 100%. He has so much to prove. The so, margin so for error for Cliff Kingsbury is so small because I, the, the division is so loaded with personnel, both coaching and players, that games are decided by one or two possessions, and that's where Cliff is exposed, has been exposed. And he has to overcome that because it cost them the playoffs last year. One or two possessions here or there. Can he take that next step? I, 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 got, I got faith in him. I think he can. I believe he will. I'm going to be an optimist in this Room Cardinals. For him. I'm going to be an optimist here because, again, we're statistically drowned in stuff that says why we can't. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so great right now. There's so many other teams they're talking about are so great right now. And we haven't seen our pieces of our puzzles actually come together and present this beautiful picture that they're trying to tell us that we can be. And I'm with you, Jay. I think that, man, look, I'm a fan. I want us to win. I want, yeah. I'm excited. I want us to be great. But at the end of the day, the guys got to go out and play, and we have those expectations that they will perform. Do you just give Johnny a nickname? <laughs> call me Jay. You can call me Jay, Johnny. Jay, JV, but he's not Jay. <laughs> varsity. I'm not varsity. He's Jay. But I, I'm, you know, I'm JV to you, Frank. Absolutely. I treat it like if a locker room. If I'm your room, JV, I'm in a good place, my it's man. It's a locker room to me. So no one has, like I'm saying, Tanny, and his real name is Tanny. If I can back up Frank Choke. Sanders, I feel pretty good about myself. All five, six, yes. All uh, five, six. Uh, uh, speaking of Jay, JJ Watt had quite – Possibly the quote of the day, joking that um, with sports betting now being legal, he feels like uh, if he feels like he's going to have a sack in a game, he's going to run up, put some money on the line, and then come back down. Obviously, it was a joke. You can't do that. <laughs> Not um, yet. But we can do that in-game bets now, right? Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Again, it's live in Arizona with mobile sports betting. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX to receive $200 in free bets after placing just a $1 bet on any game this weekend. All right, now time for a new segment. I guess every segment's new, right? It's the first episode. <laughs> uh, but a segment, Pass or Run. So the idea behind it, I'm going to lay out a statement or a prediction, and we're going to respond with 
a run, we're going to run with it, or pass, we're going to pass on that uh, idea. Um, and uh, we'll start with, will the Cardinals defense be able to keep Derrick Henry under 100 yards rushing? Frank? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with the... I think so. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to go. I believe so, and I think yes, because I think that will be their iconic thought process. This entire game is if we can stop him, then we can put pressure on the passing game, and if we can put pressure on the passing game, that means our pass rushers can get more at, at the no quarterback because they still you have to prove that you're worth that money, and that's on the table. Ryan Tannehill, you still have to prove you're worth that money, and that you're not just a by proxy of having the King Henry behind you, and now you're looking like you're great. No, you have to prove that. So I believe that our defense can and will stop Derrick Henry under 100 yards. I've heard it said that Derrick Henry had over 2,000 all-purpose yards, but, like, don't shortchange the guy. He had over 2,000 yards rushing Mm -hmm. last year. So he averaged over 100 yards a game. It's going to be a really tall task to be able to do that. Yeah, I I will go pass on. I think I don't think the Cardinals can. I don't think it's predicated for them to win to hold him under 100 yards. It, it would be nice. I think the formula you want is, of course, what Green Bay did to Tennessee last year in that snow game. I think it was a Sunday night game. You start fast, right? You put points on the board early, so you take away the run game. You put up 14, you know, consecutive points in the first quarter, and you make them feel a sense of urgency to throw the football, something they don't want to do on first and second down. So I, I have not seen enough positives with the Cardinal offense to be able to say they're going to start fast Sunday. If I had, I would feel better about it, but I, I feel like that they're going to line up in 12 personnel, that being Tennessee, and run the rock in the first quarter. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer like Johnny and say, um, is, there a, is there a Johnny? Johnny Downer? Johnny, da- Johnny jokes or no, um, nothing okay. good. All right, we're moving on. Those are terrible. <laughs> and I'm going to say pass. Uh, Kyler Murray, he wants to run less and make more throws from the pocket. Um, he's talked a lot about that. Save his legs. But are we still going to see some Murray magic? I'm running with it. Without a doubt, you have to, you have to keep doing what you need to do to make the defenses respect. Um, respect what you bring to the table. You have two you have two great receivers on the outside that have historical numbers in the NFL and AJ Green as well as D Hop. You added two new pieces on the inside. So everything that the NFL has to do is to control your ability to to run. And what makes you special is allowing yourself to get outside the pocket sometimes. Things break down. We haven't seen our offensive line completely yet, so we don't know what's going to happen. I'm running with it. I think he has so much more plays in him. I think he has some magic still to show us, and I am going to run with that. I'm agreeing back-to-back with Frank here, and I think it's part of the point he just made, the cohesiveness of the offense isn't yet gelling. And I think so many new pieces, which will mean a lot of new mistakes and inconsistencies, and he will be forced when the play breaks down to take off. We saw a little bit in the Kansas City preseason game. I don't think he wants to run as much, especially because he's he, the last two seasons, his first two seasons in the NFL, he hasn't finished them healthy. He's finished them, but he's gotten banged up. So he wants to run less, and he's not a Lamar Jackson type where he's able to put that pounding on his body week in and week out. I think it's you, you go to the well when you need to, and that's the ideal portion of it, and you'd be able to say, I'm going to drop back and complete You know, 70% of my throws, have over 300 yards passing every week. That's who he wants to be. But this offense isn't there yet. Check back in October. And, you know, fantasy enthusiasts out there, I apologize, but I do think it's better for the Cardinals over the course of the season 
to see his rushing attempts go down because that means the passing game is yelling. I agree, but I still think it's a part of what just makes him a special quarterback. So I still think uh, we're going to see a little bit of that Murray magic. Uh, So it means I'm running with it. J.J. Watt gets his first sack as a Cardinal. First two sacks. Oh. Oh. First two. Nice. Maybe three, without a doubt. Look, J.J.'s a beast. Don't don't shortchange him because he didn't finish with an injury and then we end up picking him up at the end of the day. Every tackle knows you got to put your – you got to come to work that day. And so, J.J., just as long as he's not by himself and Coach Joseph is making guys and putting guys in position to throw some wrinkles in there with the quarterback then and you can't just – you can't double-team him, then he's still a beast. We haven't seen C.J. Chandler Jones come back to work and what he's able to do, but we know he's a beast as well. So, we're not, we're not going to shortchange ourselves. I think that that is the complimentary that we do want to see. So you got to decide who you're going to take away. You're going to take away CJ or you're going to go take away JJ. And I, in my, in my conversation right now is I believe he'll give us between two and three sacks without a problem. Okay. Yeah, I, I promise it won't be like this every week. But, yeah, I'm going to agree with Frank again. This is a division <laughs> JJ knows very well. Ten years okay. in it's the okay. AFC South, terrorizing this franchise as a member of the Houston Texans, now an Arizona Cardinal. I agree with you. I also think Tennessee's offensive line is susceptible to pressure on the interior. Got great tackles. So it may give Chandler Jones and Marcus Golden a hard time. That frees up things on the interior. They tried to, that being Tennessee, tried to draft Isaiah Wynn. He didn't work out. So they have inconsistencies up front, and I think he'll benefit from that. Frank convinced me to put my head down and charge forward, so I'm running with it. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, lastly, and I, Frank, I already know your answer to this. I say Simmons will slide over the corner at some point. <laughs> I just, I honestly, I don't see it. I don't even think he needs to be there. I, I really don't. I think he has – we have to go back and look at this here. When you, when you drafted the kid, you thought he was going to be a linebacker. So what did you do? You told him he needs to put a little more weight on him himself, and he needs to get stronger and bigger. He's not that agile guy he used to be. So then and it doesn't work as a linebacker. Then you tell him, you know what, you need to lose weight. You need to become faster because you're, you, don't need, you don't need that extra five or seven pounds, and you don't need to be as muscular as you need to be. You need to be agile and have the same conversation. So you just flipped him. And now we're trying to figure out, should he be this or that? I like him as a hybrid. I like him as a defensive end guy that can stand up. I like him as an outside linebacker that can move around and cause havoc. We just haven't decided that yet. When you're losing, it's hard to decide that. But to me, I like, I like to keep Isaiah on the inside as a, as a linebacker, and I like to be able to move him on the outside in that 3-4 defense, a guy that can come around that edge. Him and J.J. on the same side with that kind of speed, it just, it just causes problems. And that, to me, is better than him trying to deal with a with – a, with a bigger receiver slash tight end because our tight ends in the NFL right now are extremely hard to cover. These guys are making 10 to $17 million a year for a reason because they can catch 87 balls and they can get over 1,000 yards. So to me right now, I just don't see them at that position. Yet. Yeah, I'll cheat as well and kind of go pass and run. I think that they're going to use him in coverage more this season. I just want him to find a role and be on the field 90% of the time. I really have no preference at this point. The best defense is with him involved, and I think that, to Frank's point, we're going to see him as a rush end when it's necessary like he did at Clemson. I think we'll see him at linebacker primarily on second and third down, and I think on first down he's going to be in the secondary. I think his best position right now is a Derwin James, Cam Chancellor type of hybrid role where he can come up and stick people in the run game, but he's so special against the pass. We saw it in overtime against Seattle last year. So I do think while he's not going to press – Julio Jones and A.J. Brown at the line of scrimmage. I do think that we could see him 
you know, backpedal and help a Marco Wilson in coverage. So pass and run. I agree, and I'll add this to it. If they do hit the injury bug and all of, you know, right now as it stands, he, you know, you shouldn't need to. But if they start having injuries, I mean, you're going to have to figure something out, and Isaiah Simmons might be the piece of the puzzle that you're just going to have to move around. Uh, so for now, though, I will pass on it. All right, well, we've been going for over an hour. This is fun. Uh, if you guys are catching us on YouTube right now, we want to remind you that you can make sure that you never miss out on any of the show by subscribing to the PHNX Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're hearing us on one of those apps, we want to remind you that we are cranking out awesome content around all of the major Arizona sports teams on your YouTube channel, PHNX Sports. So make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the bell to sign up for alerts every time we drop new videos. And finally, go follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's PHNX underscore sports. Uh, we've got a great show for you tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, your former teammate, Pat Tillman, an all-time hero of mine. So we're going to hear some of your stories, and then we're going to talk more uh, Titans and Cardinals. So yeah. we'll see you guys tomorrow. See you there. Thank you.